And I want to speak this morning concerning the glory of God's church. God's church is a glorious institution. Uh, it radiates his glory as incomprehensible to us as it might seem when we look at ourselves. God's glory is manifested, of course, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ dwells in his people and his church is his body. He's the head. And, and this is uh, God's glory on this earth is his church, his people, his mystical body. And uh, it's an awesome, awesome thing to be a member of this glorious church, to be a, a part of this church in the body of Christ. It's, a, it's an humbling uh, position that God has called us to, yet it's a glorious, exalted position uh, that we have. And uh, I'm so thankful to be a member of his body and a member of you. We're members one of another. Isn't that what he said? We're members one of another. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to uh, the book of Isaiah. I want to read... Uh, one verse in Isaiah chapter 58. There's so many scriptures that uh, we could look look at and see this, this context, but I want to read you two or three uh, portions of scriptures that I think will be a good foundation for our subject this morning. In Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall bring, spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. Now if you look, one more chapter over, chapter 59, chapter 59 and verse uh, 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. Chapter 60. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All that gather themselves together, 
they come to thee, thy son shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. This is speaking of our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, and speaking of those that are in him, the church, Zion. And it it speaks of his glory as revealed, the glory of God revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and consequently revealed in his people. Glory means this, if I understand what glory means in the scriptures. It means magnificence. That's one meaning, magnificence. Brilliance, splendor, wonder. Someone said don't call anything wonderful except who he is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Glory means that which sets one apart from all others. That's what glory is. The Lord is set apart from all others. The glory of God is seen throughout the scriptures. The glory of God is revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ, savingly in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, and this light has shined into our hearts to reveal the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we see the true glory of God. We see the glory of God. All men see the glory of God, whether they recognize it or not, it's seen in his handiwork and creation. We can see the glory of God and appreciate it and, and know that he created all things. But we can't see it and appreciate it until we see it in the Lord Jesus Christ savingly. See, a believer sees things differently than those that don't know Christ. And we see the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of God and the glory of Christ is his holiness. He's holy. And his righteousness, his justice, his sovereignty there's only one that's holy there's only one that's righteous there's only one that's just there's only one that's sovereign there's only one he's omnipotent he's omniscient he's omnipresent we see his glory in his grace in his mercy his love in his infinite being He is limitless. He is boundless. He cannot be contained. He inhabits eternity. Someone said he is one whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. He sits upon the circle of the earth. The inhabitants thereof are reputed as nothing. His sinless perfection, not only as God but as man, as well, shines brightly to the believer. This is where we see him as he stands out above all and above all creation and above everything. The glory of God, when revealed, does two things. 
It does two things for you as a believer. It does two things for me. Number one, it humbles the hearts of those who see it. This is the only thing that will humble a man's heart is to see the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's people are not proud. They're humble. They, they're proud. The flesh is proud, but their hearts, the new heart, is humble because it has seen the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. The heart, when it sees the Lord Jesus Christ, embraces him and sees the glory of God, this works repentance, submission, and obedience, and faith. It's a work of God. The glory of God what is what works in his children. It causes those who see it to adore, to worship, and honor him who alone is worthy. He alone is worthy, and that's whom we bow to. We bow to him, and we own his glory, and we stand in awe and wonder as we look upon his blessed face. It stops the foolishness of self-glory. Isn't it so foolish to glory in oneself or glory in man? Isn't that a foolish thing? Somebody says it's like one worm telling another worm, I'm a better worm than you are. And he, he created us. He made us. We're his workmanship. He made us. He calls us to adore him. Thou art worthy, O Lord. You know, that's a, that's a verse of scripture. I'm going to read it to you. But can we say this from our hearts? Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy. To receive glory all glory can we say that and know what we're saying say it truthfully from my heart Lord you're I don't want any glory you all the glory is yours and the honor all yours I'm nothing and all the power is yours I don't have any power Lord you're you're alone are worthy to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And for your pleasure, they are and were created. Revelation 4.11. You get all the glory. The glory of God. The glory of God is manifested and revealed in his people. And this is the most amazing thing. This is, this is the heart of my message this morning. I, I'll get to it. You, I hope you'll see what I'm saying. Now, every child of God beholds his glory by faith as he's revealed by his spirit in the scriptures by the preaching of the gospel. Every, every child of God sees his glory. If you don't see his glory, you're not yet seeing him because he's glorious. The word was made flesh. The word was made flesh in, in John chapter one, the Word was made flesh. The Word in the beginning was the Word. The Word was was God. The Word was with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him, there was not anything made that was made. And He is the Word. In verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. This is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace to redeem sinners. 
and full of truth to reveal God. This is the glory of, of God revealed in the church. You remember in Exodus 33, Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. He said, I will. You know the story. And this is what the Lord told Moses. He said, I'll be merciful to whom I'll be merciful. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I'm going to save the people. That's where I'm going to manifest my glory is in my son as he redeems, saves, and calls my church. That's where I'm going to reveal my glory inside, in my people. What is the church? Well, the church is not this building. It's not uh, wood and stone and glass. Often we say, I'm going to church. I say that. Don't you say that? That's wrong. We don't go to church. We are the church. We, the church meets to worship him. The church is the body of Christ. In Ephesians 1, 22, 23, he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now here is the amazing thing. All of this is amazing. The gospel is amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm just, I'm still amazed at the gospel I'm, I'm amazed that God would save sinners I'm amazed at this I'm still excited about it after all these years I still stand in awe and wonder of God and if he's Christ and his, his great work that he's done among men but this is this is an amazing thing about this you and I look at who we are have you, have you thought today about who, who we are <laughs> who am I Here I am, the son of Adam, sinful creature. By virtue of myself, I'm worthy of damnation. Nothing good about me. You know that, and I know that. Nothing. Nothing that would commend me to God. Nothing. And yet, by God's grace, mercy, His love, He's placed me in this glorious, glorious position in His Son. Made me acceptable, a member of His glorious body. Isn't that amazing? I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm, I'm just... That humbles, that humbles the heart, doesn't it? That, that brings us down. It humbles us and, and causes us to worship and to look up to Him. We are members of His body, Ephesians 5, 30-32. We are members of His body, of His flesh and of His bones. That's exactly what the Scripture says. You can't get any closer than that. The union of Christ and His church is an amazing thing. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's what he's speaking about. He's speaking about Christ and his church being made one. 
in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he prayed to his Father. And he prayed that they, we may be one. Lord, as, as we're one, that we may be one. So we're one in him. And his glory is, is revealed in his people. In Colossians 1.24 who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. What is the church? The church is not the... If you hear it turn on your TV and, and you hear the news commentators say the words, the church, do you know who they're talking about? They're talking about the Roman Catholic Church. That's who they're talking about. The church is not the Roman Catholic Church. Now, the church is Catholic, which means universal. God's church is all over the world, universal. But not the church is not the Roman Catholic Church. It is not an earthly religious organization. The church is not made up of those uh, who have committed themselves to a creed or a doctrine, some principles or a faith or social reform. This is not the church. It's not a building such as this. The church consists of those who are eternally loved of God. You know, Brother Belton, some time ago, have you ever made yourself a commitment in your heart concerning the ministry, your ministry, your preaching? I'll do this, and, and this is what... I, some time ago, I, by God's grace, hopefully, I made this commitment that I'm never going to preach another message without preaching the love of God. And I, I, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that this whole thing concerning his glory, concerning his church, as I preached the other night, has to do with his eternal love. It cannot be omitted. No, if we, we might as well omit Christ as to omit God's love because his love is manifest in his son and his message is to be preached with love it's not we don't get up here and use a baseball bat and try to beat doctrine into people we preach God's eternal love for his people not his universal love for every man God don't love everybody let me say that emphatically he don't love everybody Christ didn't die for everybody but boy those he does love those who Christ did die for, they love him. They love him because he loved them first. The church consists of those who are eternally loved by God and have been chosen, elected, predestinated, ordained to eternal life, redeemed by the blood of Christ, clothed with the righteousness of Christ, sanctified, set apart, and called by his spirit to faith in him. The church consists of those who by God's grace and mercy live in him, Know him, love him, believe him, bow to him, honor him, worship him, adore him, and follow him, and have committed all things unto him for now and forever. This is a believer. Anything short of that is not a believer. Is that, is it, is that too narrow? Isn't that the way it is? And we love it. We love it. We love to see his glory. I want to see... When Brother Milton preaches in a few minutes, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm going to see and hear of God's glory. 
of salvation in Christ, of, of his love and mercy and his grace for sinners. Those who radiate the glory of God and, and see the glory of God, they're one mind. They're one mind. Think alike. Of one accord, they get along. They were not enemies. You know, I was sitting here thinking this morning, I was getting nervous about time to get up. I was thinking, these folks are my friends. I love them. They love me. They're, we're members one of another. We're family. We're a fraternity. We're a brotherhood. We're in Christ. We embrace each other. We hug up to each other. We just, we just love one another. Don't we? We're one accord, one mind. This glorifies God. This is a church. This is the glory of God manifested. This, we, do you know how the world's going to know that, that we're Christ? It's because we love one another. Somebody start giving me, giving me a bad time about Milton. I'm going to say, hold on just a minute. That's my brother. You're getting, you're getting personal. <laughs> this is my brother. I love him. That's right. We're members one of another, Christ being the head. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, Romans 12, 5. And he is the head of the body of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head. If somebody asked me what uh, uh, Brother Eric looks like, I'm not going to describe his feet. I'm not going to describe his hands. I'm going to describe his head, his face. That's who he is. You know, show him a picture. I'm not going to show him a picture of his feet or his hand or his back. I'm going to show him a picture of his face. Because that's what identifies him, his face. This is who he is. And the glory of the church is seen in the head, the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't look at me. I'm just a foot. <laughs> I'm a toe. I'm a toenail. I'm a germ on a hair on a chigger on a wart on a frog on a on the knot on a log and a hole in the bottom of the sea. I'm just a little bitty thing. He's the head. He's the head. Look to Christ. Don't look to me. But all we we see Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not like religion says, well, you know, we're the only eyes the Lord's got, we're the only feet he's got, we're the only hands he's got. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we're his body, and he's glorified in his saints, he's glorified in Zion. The glory of the church is that which sets it apart from all others and all else. It's that glory that sets it apart. The church can, no, can be no more, no less glorious than its head and its foundation. It's, got, it's, its head is where the glory is. The glory of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of the church is not its members or its worthy causes or its programs or its religious influences or its renowned leaders or its wealth or its moral or immoral influence or issues. The glory of the church is that it is used by God in Christ. That's the glory of the church. You know, men glory in numbers, they glory in themselves, 
but the glory of the church is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, Christ in you, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. We have no glory of our own. We have no glory. We're unique, true. But we have no divine glory. We have no spiritual glory. We, we are destitute of goodness, of righteousness, of holiness. We're destitute of those qualities and virtues that belong only to our head, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have no glory of our own. We are the mass of humanity is depraved. The mass of humanity is every man is just alike. We, we are sinful. We have this in common. All have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have. All of Adam's race is destitute of the glory of God. But in Christ Jesus, those he, who he has chosen and called to faith in him and revealed himself to and in, they shine forth and radiate the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have no glory of our own. This separates. It is our glory is our shame or our sin. This separates us from him. The best that we are in our own is our in our own right is self-righteous. Proud, greedy, fallen creatures who are vain in our own conceits, in our own deceits. We're vain. All is vanity. Every man is vain. The glory of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Emphatically, repetitiously, on purpose, saying the glory of the church is not in what we do. The glory of the church is not in what we say. The glory of the church is in what Christ, who he is and what he did. The glory of the church is in what God says. The glory of the church is what God does. He saves sinners. Somebody, my, my dad, to my understanding, died without Christ. He had no interest in the gospel. He had no interest in Christ whatsoever. But among men, he was, you could say he was a good man. Compared to other men, he was a good man. But not before God. None of us are good. But a fellow asked me one day, he said, uh, his name's Earl. My dad's name is Earl. He said, why don't Earl get saved? He said, he knows what he should do. Why don't he get saved? He knows what he ought to do. I said, getting saved not something what we do. Saves something what God does. And I said, Dad can't save himself. God's got to do that. And if he pass him by, ain't the same world Dad can do about it. I mean, that's, that's just what the bottom line. Salvation's of the Lord. And God gets all the glory for the salvation of sinners. And the church is what is God's handiwork. That's what God has done. He saved us. 
And he's called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. Not according to what we've done. But according to his own purpose and grace. Which was given us in Christ Jesus. Before the world ever began. The glory of the church is said. The saints glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our text here. He, he speaks of the glory of God, the glory of Christ, the glory of Zion. And it all brings us, if you read it sometime at your own leisure, he's speaking of Christ in his church. That's exactly who he's speaking of. And that's who we're speaking of. The saints' glory, not only does God glory in his people, but the saints glory in him. We glory in the Lord. As is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. What does that mean? Well, I give God all the glory by his grace. All the glory for saving me. And not, you know, not only that, but my whole life, I was raised in religion. In a Baptist church. I didn't know Christ. Neither did the preacher. Neither did the pastor. But I was raised in my teen years. My young years. Raised in that in that church. And left uh, home. And they thought I was, I was raised in a church. Where they believed once saved always saved. You ever heard that expression? <laughs> I don't like it. But that's what they called it. Once saved always saved. Once you'd been to a Baptist hall. You were saved forever. No matter what you did. So I went out and did whatever I wanted to. I still saved. So, you know, that's what they, they said. So I went out and done everything I could do that I had the means to do to satisfy and gratify this flesh. I just went out and done it because I figured it was okay. I just come back when I got ready. And uh, so I did. I, years later, I come back. I renewed, rededicated, and, and all that. And... Uh, and that's what I was raised in, raising that false religion. Didn't didn't know Christ, and never heard Christ preached, and uh, the flesh was glorified, and and uh, I didn't see anything. Didn't know any different. Didn't know as didn't know there was. Didn't know anything about the gospel at all. But later on down the road, later years, still a fairly young man the Lord began to bring me into contact with some men that knew the gospel, knew the, the truth, and began to cause me to question some things about myself. And by His grace, by God's grace, He revealed the truth to me. And to make a long story short, I used to glory in the flesh in that what I could do and what I'd done but when God teaches us the gospel and reveals Christ to us turns us right around and we glory not in ourselves but we glory in him see that's his church that's where the glory of God is in this world and the saints glory in the Lord now, that's who I glory in. Not in who I am, what I've done, but I glory in him. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed that he's 
had mercy and grace upon me. And the saints not only glory in Christ, but are glorified in Christ. God views me in Christ. That's where I'm see that's where God sees me is in Christ. In Ephesians chapter two, He's raised us up and set us together in Christ in heavenly places. We're glorified in His Son. When God looks at me, He sees me in Christ in His body. He sees me, as I said last night, He sees me sinless. I I, I just don't can't comprehend that, Milton. I, I, it just beyond me. I believe it. Sometimes it, it gets a hold of me, it'll just sit and cry about it. Yeah, I, I do. I, me, sinless. Having no sin before a thrice holy God. Me. Whenever it seems like sometimes every thought is sinful. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It seems like you just can't get away from your, from your ungodliness. It's, but in, in him I'm sinless. Seems like sometimes all my thoughts is about myself. But all of his thoughts are to usward. He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He's loved us as, oh, as a father loves his beloved son. As Christ is, so are we in this world. Isn't that something? Yeah, this, he, he, we're glorified in Christ. He said all in John seventeen ten, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I'm glorified in them. He's glorified. Do you know Christ? Do you know him? Do you believe that you know him? Do you really know him? I know the Lord. Paul said, I know him. He said, I know whom I believe. I know him. Christ said, This is life eternal that we might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou sinned. He said, I know him. Do you know Christ? He's glorified in you. He's glorified in the faith that you have in him because he gave you that faith. That faith looks to him. Therefore, God's glorified. He said, I'm the shepherd and you're the sheep. You follow him, he's glorified and you follow him because he's leading you. See, it's all his. It all gives glory, glory to him. He's glorified in Christ. We're glorified in Christ. And when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe. You want me to read that to you again? Listen to this. When the Lord Jesus Christ shall come to be glorified, to be, he's coming for this purpose. That's, that's the reason he's come. That's what it says. To be glorified in his saints, his sanctified ones. In his people. And to be admired in all them that believe. The angels are going to be, they're going to look on us in admiration as they see Christ in us. And we're going to look at each other in wonder and admiration as we see Christ in, in, in each other. And God's going to be glorified. Isn't that what he's saying? This is something that's just unbelievable, yet we rejoice in it's true. It's going to be admired. 
In Isaiah 60, and I, the portion I just read to you, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be upon thee. He's not only talking to his son, he's talking to his saints, to his people. His glory shall be upon thee. The glory of Christ is the glory of the church, the one and the same. His glory is seen this way, and I'll, I'll try to, to close. His glory is seen in this way, in this manner. In the Lord Jesus Christ and his Godhead. Number one, his Godhead. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He's God. That's who he is. You see, he didn't cease to be who he was eternally when he came to this earth. Yet he became what he never was. He became flesh. And he remains what he became, but yet even in him remaining what he became, he never ceased and never will cease to be who he eternally was. What I'm saying is this, that he's God eternally and he's man forever. This man, the scripture says, this man now sits on the right hand of the majesty on high. This man ever lives to make intercession for us. The Lord Jesus Christ was made flesh and he remains flesh. He is God. His, this is his glory. He's sinless man, yet he's God. He's the God man. That's where his glory is, is seen in his Godhead. In his Godhead. This man's different. Why is he different? Because he's God. He's not just another kinky-headed Jew. He's God, manifest in the flesh. Number two, in his sinless perfection in his humanity, this man was flesh. He's flesh and bones. He was born of woman. Yet he had no sin. In him is no sin. He never sinned. He's separate from sinners. There's no fault found in him. By God's law, there was no fault found in him in any way. Everything he did was perfect. Everything he thought was perfect. Everything that, that about him was perfect. He's perfect flesh. This is his glory. That separates him from all humanity. He's perfect. Perfect man. He's God. His perfect obedience to the will of God. I want to obey God, don't you? I want to do everything that's right in the sight of God. I really do. And I don't believe that's legalistic to, to want to do that. I, I want to please God in every respect. But uh, I sin. And I must have an advocate with the Father. And I do have one, Jesus Christ the righteous. But I sin. I'm a sinful person. But the Lord Jesus Christ perfectly obeyed the will of God. He said, I came and I did exactly what my Father sent me to do. He done it unto perfection. Every step he took, every thought he thought, every deed he did, 
He did it to perfection. And to total. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased with him because he, he obeyed me in every respect. This is his glory. Number four, his substitutionary death is our sacrifice and sin offering. We see his glory there. The Lord Jesus Christ, and bear with me on this. I don't know quite. I've got this written down, but I don't know quite how to say this. And I hope it comes out right to his honor and his glory. But he, he, he became a perfect sin offering. He was spotless. He had no sin, but he became perfectly sinful. Now, that, I know some, some fellows probably would jump all over this, but, but now this is true. He became God demand full payment for sin. I mean, sin can't just be winked at or passed by. And the Lord Jesus Christ became sin. God, he became a curse. He became a curse. He became that which God must deal with in, in, in punishment. God must deal with this man because he looked upon him and he found sin. And he found all of the sin of all of his elect placed upon him and, and God in, in, in wrath and, and condemnation and, and anger unmitigated poured out his wrath on his darling son in my room in my stead and, and by his sacrifice and by his sin offering and by his Humiliation by his death, he atoned for me and put away forever all of my sin. For time and eternity, he did it perfectly. So perfectly that I'll never have to answer to God and stand before him and say, I'm guilty. Oh, I feel like I'm guilty. But bless his holy name, I'm not. He perfectly and forever put away all of Somebody said, well, you said that last night. And if you're Brother Pledgers, I'm going to say it again tonight. He put it away forever. This is the glory of God. This is the glory of church. It's the church. His church is a spotless church, a glorious church, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, or any such thing. Huh? This is the glory of the church. It's sinless. Pure and holy. God now in his eternal love displays his saints before all the universe and says this is my church. This is my people. This is my bride. Look at her. White and pure. I'm convinced that the angels of heaven look down. And as our guardian angels encamp about us, that they're amazed 
at his church because it's a glorious church who once were sinners. Oh, his substitutionary death is our sacrifice and sin offering is the glory of the church. And his dwelling place with the Almighty God. We dwell. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place from all generations. <laughs> we dwell with him, and he dwells with us. He said, I'll be their God. They're going to be my people. They are my people. I'm going to dwell with them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to dwell with them. I'm going to provide for them. They're my church. They're my bride. They're my people. And I'm going to be glorified in them. So poor sinner, as you sit on that pew this morning, as this poor sinner stands before you, let me assure you, if you know him, you're a glorious, glorious thing in his sight. I wish that I could preach out what I know to be so and make it understandable. It's amazing. You know, it's like someone that's been picked out of the burning furnace without, now they don't have a smell of smoke or a or a blister on them. <laughs> Just picked out of the pits of hell and set in heaven. How would you describe it? You just have to stand with your mouth open and look in amazement at the one that, at the one that rescued you. So I'm, I'm just lost for words, so I'm going to close. I'm going to hush. Thank you. <laughs>